0: Well, good morning, everybody. Um, I am a little discombobulated this morning, just I don't know why, but um, I think we need to begin with prayer. That always seems to help when a person is discombobulated. So um, normally this would be the session, we'd be moving into session 11 and then 12. We've cut our time short a little bit since we started late, and we've got another class starting next week that we're gonna start Foundations over again. So, I'm going to touch a little bit on um, the service of Christ today, but most of what we're going to talk about is going to be kind of what's next. Um, What's next in terms of membership? What's next in terms of getting involved in the life of the parish? So, um, anyway, that's where we're headed. So, let's just begin with a prayer. Let's pray. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom. Defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, I know some of you all are just coming in. Please feel free to grab yourselves a cup of coffee if you'd like. There's also homemade biscotti back there. Our own Jean Lassane made the biscotti. And um, I know that it's delicious, so I would encourage you to grab some. And again, feel free to jump up if you wanna do that. Back at the uh, coffee table, Jeff and Brian, you will turn around and give a wave. I've, I've invited Jeff and Brian to come and be with us here today <laughs> in our last, exactly, the dark, <laughs> in our last class, um, to be with us as we, we talk about what's next. Because the church at its heart is a fellowship. It's a community. And a fellowship, a community, is all about relationships. And Jeff and Brian and I and the rest of the clergy team, we are acutely aware that in this particular season, it can be very difficult to know how to make connections because we, you know, we've got these masks on, we've got you all separated out in your your little corners here in this class, and um, and that's the same as well in in the service. So. They are here to, first and foremost, just as an outward and visible sign of how important you all are to us and that we want to do everything we can to help you all become incorporated in the life of the fellowship, even in the midst of all this um, crazy pandemic. So in a little bit, I'm going to talk about some of the, the tangible ways that you can begin to get involved. But most of those things right now are on hold. And so again, we recognize that. So, so Brian and Jeff are, are here to help me in saying to you all, welcome, and we want to make you part of the St. Philip's family. Second of all, they um, may Brian or Jeff may may chime in at any point when when I perhaps miss something or they might be able to add something. So I ask them to come and be present as well in case um, in case maybe something needs a little bit of an addition in terms of what we're talking about. But let's 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 move into the topic of today. Last week we talked about. Um, Christian behavior, we, we began that sort of final third of the class where we talk about, okay, we began with Christian beginnings. We talked about our beliefs, Christian beliefs. Now, how do we live? What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to live our lives as Christians? And, and a, really a foundational piece of that is, is learning how to have that daily pattern of meeting God in his word and praying. For those who were not here last week, I gave out a little book, a little booklet, A Time to Pray. This book was designed to help you get a balanced diet of prayer. Oftentimes, our prayers can really be focused on asking God for things, and certainly God wants us to ask Him for things. Jesus told us that we should do that, and that we are to do that, and God expects us to do that. But that's only one teeny part of prayer, and so this booklet is designed to help you broaden your diet of prayer to to include um, all the different kinds, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, and petition. If you find it helpful, great. Um, If you didn't get one last week, there's some on the table. Please feel free to grab one. I think they're more than enough for everyone, so if you want to grab one for a friend, feel free to grab one uh, for a friend. Having said that, if this isn't helpful to you, that's okay. Pass it on to someone else. And maybe they might find it um, helpful. But the point remains, we want to have a balanced diet of prayer. Not just asking God for things, but going to Him to adore Him, to confess, to thank Him, and so on. So, what's next? Where do we go from here? What's next for you all? That's what we're going to talk about today. Um, We're going to talk about three things. First of all, how how do you actually join St. Philip's? How does that happen? Second of all, how do you find your way into the community? And then thirdly, how are you to find your part and play your part as, as part of this fellowship, part of the body of Christ? What does that look like? So that's what we're going to talk about today. But let's start um, by talking a little bit about joining St. Philip's and how that actually happens. One of the things that, that, for those of you who are coming from a congregational background, so a church like a Baptist church or maybe a non-denominational church, where the congregation is, yes, p- part of the, the entire Christian fellowship, but really the congregation kind of stands alone. I mean, each Baptist church is its own independent entity, and that's kind of part of the, the Baptist flavor, and, and I can certainly see some strengths in that. But the, the Anglican perspective on membership is that when you join the church, you're not simply joining the congregation, although you are joining the congregation, but really you're joining something broader. You're joining a worldwide fellowship of Anglicans. So, so that's the first thing you need to understand when, it, when we talk about joining St. Philip's, you're actually joining an entire fellowship, starting with this church, but the Anglican fellowship worldwide. Second of all, in our tradition, the bishop serves as the pastor of the diocese who also represents that larger church, that larger fellowship. And so when you come to join a church, you are not only, again, joining the congregation, but the bishop is always present for that service when you join because, again, he's representing the broader church. He's a a visual way for us to visualize that you're joining something bigger, bigger than yourselves, bigger than the congregation, the whole fellowship. Thirdly, the the service where that takes place, where you actually join the church, it's called a service of confirmation or reception. Some of you will be received. And it's a formal service. at, 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 At that service, that's when your membership actually takes place. When the bishop comes and he makes his annual visit to the church, And he will pray for each of you, pray for a renewal of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is already at work in you, but he'll pray for a renewal of the Holy Spirit and for strength to live out your Christian life. So um, here's a picture of confirmation from several years ago. There's the bishop and some of our confirmands um, who went through the class just like you all and joined the church on that day. I thought it would be helpful to read for you all. I'm going to put a little wall of text up here. I I don't like to put too much text, but I'm going to put a wall of text up here. I want to read what the new prayer book says about confirmation to help you understand um, what are the expectations about joining the church and what does that look like in our tradition. So let me just read this for you all. The Anglican Church requires a public and personal profession of the faith from every adult believer in Jesus Christ. Confirmation or reception by a bishop is its liturgical expression. In other words, that's the service where that actually takes place. Confirmation is clearly grounded in Scripture. The apostles prayed for and laid their hands on those who had already been baptized. In confirmation, through the bishop's laying on of hands, so he's going to place his hands on you and pray for you, and prayer for a daily increase in the Holy Spirit, God strengthens the believer for the Christian life in the service of Christ in his kingdom. Grace is God's gift, and we pray that he will pour out his Holy Spirit on those who have already been made his children by adoption and grace in baptism. So let me just pause there. It is by virtue of baptism that we join the family of God, that we that we become a Christian. We 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 give our life to Christ and we are baptized. Confirmation is the way, having already been made a child of God, confirmation is simply the way that you come and say, well, I'm going to live out my Christian life in this branch of the Christian family tree, the Anglican church, in this fellowship of believers. So picking up. At the direction of the bishop and after public reaffirmation of their baptismal promises, those having made adult professions of faith in other Christian traditions. So for example, um, if you grew up in a Baptist church and you came forward and you professed your faith in Jesus Christ, you'd fit in that grouping. Or if you're in a Presbyterian church and you were confirmed in that church, you would fit the grouping. We would not confirm you, but we would simply receive you. You've already made an adult public affirmation of your faith in Jesus Christ, and so we're simply saying, we recognize that and we welcome you into this fellowship so that you'd be received. If you have not yet made an adult um, profession of your faith as an adult uh, in the body of the, of the church, then you would at that time be confirmed. Um, so that's what that paragraph's talking about. Last paragraph. Confirmed believers who are already members of this church, including those received from other traditions as above, uh, those returning to active Christian discipleship after lapsing, and those experiencing a renewal of Christian commitment or s- Or a significant life transition may also reaffirm their pledges made to Christ and His church with prayer and the laying on of hands by a bishop. So, what this last paragraph is talking about, um, Vinny and Bett raise your hands. I'm sorry to single you guys out, but Vinny and Bet have already, they're already part of the Anglican Fellowship. They were at St. Helena's in Buford, already, um, you know, I said, have you all been confirmed? You all have been confirmed. Yeah. Yeah, okay, it's already been confirmed. So Vinny and Bette are kind of a special case. They're moving from Beaufort, from St. Helena's, and, and having been actively involved here, up here to St. Philip's. So they may want, it at their, it's their choice, to at that time when the bishop comes, reaffirm their faith. But they've already been confirmed into the Anglican fellowship. But for most of you all who are coming from different traditions, um, the bishop's visitation will be your opportunity to do that. So I'm going to be sending out a little questionnaire to you all to kind of get a feel for where everybody is and to get a, you know, a sense of which of these apply to you. So if you're like, I'm not 100% sure which of those apply to me, we'll, we'll get that sorted out. But let me just pause there. Questions about that? Questions, okay. Is the bishop time this Sunday, mm. April 11th? I'm sorry, yes, so Sunday, April 11th, yes. Thank you, <laughs> you can probably to say that. <laughs> Glad it was on the slide. So that's, yeah, that's a date to put on your calendar. Um, you know, obviously with everything, COVID sort of stay tuned, but but God willing, the bishop will come then. And and if for some reason we, you know, if something happens and that Sunday morning doesn't work, what we'll do is arrange for a time. Uh, what we had to do with the last class is have the bishop come one evening during the week. Um, and he came and we had just a special service of confirmation just for those joining. The norm is for this to happen on a Sunday morning in the context of Sunday morning worship. That's the norm, but you know we, we may have to do it on a weeknight. But put that date on your calendar. So thank you, Kimber, for asking that. <laughs> Any other questions about membership? Okay, so now I wanna talk about finding your way in the community. And as I acknowledged at the beginning, Jeff and Brian and I and the whole clergy team, we are acutely aware that it is a difficult season to get involved in the life of the community. But I want to talk a little bit about how we can at least begin to do that. Two people that you need to know are, um, if you are a young adult, so if you're in your 20s and 30s, Justin Hare, who is our assistant for young adult and college ministry, though his hair is now shorter than it is in this picture. Um, you might not recognize him. He's our preacher for today. And um, Brian McGreevy, who is at the back, our assistant for hospitality ministry. Brian, raise your hand there. There he is. So just a show of hands. How many of you have already been in communication with Brian? So some of you. Okay, some. Okay, so Brian is someone. Brian, we'll make sure we get everybody your contact information. But Brian really is the one who shepherds our newcomers through. So I play one small part in that in terms of the foundations class, but Brian is the one really who is shepherding folks through and helping them get connected, and we'll talk more about that in a second. Those of you who are kind of in the young adult category, um, raise your hand if you're in the young adult category and you've already connected with Justin, just so I can know, okay, so y'all connected with Justin? Not yet, not yet, yes, yes, not yet. Okay, so we need to make sure we get y'all connected with Justin. Justin is working, Well, actually, let me just start with the young adult crowd. So Justin is working right now on reaching out to our young adults and, first of all, finding out what people are comfortable with. Some people are doing meeting in, in a context that others would not be comfortable with, and we, we understand that. We totally understand that. So Justin sent out a questionnaire a while back, um, but it probably, the reality is we probably didn't have you all on our... Radar. Some of you young adults you probably didn't have your birthday in the system. That's probably what it was. So when you, we're going to have to get your birthday. I'll get that. Um, but, but basically, Justin is, is getting a sense of where folks are. And if you're at a place where you're comfortable, for example, maybe meeting in a very small group and a you know in a very socially distanced way, if we can get you together, we want to do that. Um, in normal times, Justin would be offering a class during this time for young adults. So in normal times, we would you know, the young adults who are in that category who want to attend that class would be invited to attend that class, okay? So what I want to do is make sure those of you who are in that category that we get you connected with Justin. Right now, again, a lot of those things are on hold, although Justin is trying to be creative. He, he did have an oyster roast sometime back, and he may have another outdoor gathering where young adults can get together, Brian, back there in the back, Brian does many things uh, to get newcomers connected in normal times. Brian, I'm going to list some of these things off and then maybe you could just sort of tell us where we are. In normal times, um, Brian tries to get folks connected, if they're ready, to get connected in a small group Bible study. And we've got several ongoing Bible studies and are always looking to create more. Those studies, some of them meet weekly. Some of them meet every other week. Um, Anyway, so that's one area. The other is four-year groups. Brian, why don't you go ahead and explain what four-year groups in normal times, what they are. And yeah, come, come give us your little soft shoe.
1: Good morning, everybody. It's great to see y'all. Uh, so many of these things are uh, hard right now because we're not doing them. But they are They are coming back, God willing, Foyer groups are a long tradition um, in the Anglican world, and they basically are a small group that revolves around dinner in people's homes. It's usually a group of 10-ish, 10, 12 folks, single, married, old, young, just uh, all mixed up. And basically what the agenda is is to get to know each other and experience fellowship of the body of Christ. And it is one of the best ways to get to know other people and the congregation. Um, being in people's homes is a wonderful way to, to learn together. Obviously with COVID, uh, that is problematic at the moment, but we're hopeful this fall that that will come back. Um, it is a great way to get to know different folks. Um, do you want me to just yeah, go yeah, through these? Yeah, yeah, why not? Um, there also is the Rector's Bible study, which normally would be in here Um, which is a great time, particularly during coffee beforehand or just sitting with people to get to know other folks in the congregation. Um, there are, as Andrew already mentioned, several different small groups, and there are different Bible studies, some of which are happening now. If you are really interested in getting into a Bible study, please let me know, and I can let you know what we've got going right now. There will be more um, coming along in person. Right now, Jeff's uh, Rector's Bible study on Thursdays is available on Zoom, and the Mere Christianity class that I'm teaching is available Wednesday nights on Zoom or on YouTube afterwards. Um, There also is a spiritual gifts workshop that I would strongly encourage all of y'all to participate in once that is offered again. That basically is a short seminar that looks at what scripture says about spiritual gifts. One of the things you might not know is that God has given each one of you at least one spiritual gift that's designed to be a blessing to his people, and we want you uh, to know about that gift and to be excited about using it. So those are a couple of things. There also is a whole other um, two other uh, areas, um, one of which revolves around food. Um, food is a very important part of fellowship when we break bread together. And every time that there's an opportunity to do that, we're almost always in normal circumstances at round tables and here, And the very best thing you can do as a newcomer is to just go and sit at that table with people you don't know, which may be a little bit uncomfortable to begin with, but people are friendly, I promise, and would be delighted to get to know you. And there are some beautiful friendships that have started just from that. Um, we have brunches quarterly. We have our Wednesday night service that always has a meal afterwards in normal time. So I strongly encourage you um, to participate in those. Another aspect is service, um, and there are a lot of different types of ministry and service. Um, Going with a group of folks out to Tri-County Family Ministries is a great way to get to know people. Under normal circumstances, some of y'all might have been here long enough to remember this. Um, There would be a big welcome tent outside the church each Sunday morning um, that's staffed by greeters. We also have greeters that greet people coming into the church. That's a great thing if you are even remotely extroverted um, to do that will enable you to put names and faces together. Ushering is another thing like that. Um, There are a whole host of ministries like that that are a smaller group of folks that will enable you to get to know people. So I would encourage you to participate in all of those things as they begin to come back online. And I'm always happy to help you to sit down and meet with you and just talk through about what you would like to do, what kinds of um, things would be helpful to you in getting plugged in. Because our desire is for you to feel that this is your home that these are your people, that you are loved and appreciated, and that you can make a difference here. So we're just delighted that you're here and delighted that Andrew's been shepherding you through this process. But any questions about this at any point, don't hesitate to contact me.
0: Any questions today? How do you put the of groups together?
1: Uh, that is a great question. Um, it is a little bit of art and a little bit of science. So one of the things we try to do is to mix them up. One of the blessings of St. Philip's is that it is that rare thing, a truly multi-generational church. So we try to make sure that we have older people and younger people, that we have single people and married people. They're not necessarily all just geographical, but we do try to take geography um, like, if you have somebody in onda somebody that lives on Kiowa, that may be a little bit difficult. So we, we do look at that. But And some of them are people that have been members of St. Philip since they were baptized 70 years ago. Um, others are people that are brand new. Great question. Yeah, thank you. Any other questions? All right, well, y'all know where I am, so don't hesitate to contact me. Okay, thank, thank you, you Brian.
0: Jeff, would you just say a word about your Rector's Forum and what that normally is like and and what, you know, what you cover?
2: Sure. Um, The Rector's uh, Bible Study is the main adult Sunday School program that we have here on Sundays normally. This room is normally filled with people, and um, we normally take a book of the Bible. We don't always do this, but the general um, approach is to take a specific book of the Bible and work our way through it. And... um, so that can take uh, a lot of time, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I taught the Book of Acts, and it took two years. I taught John one time, and it took six. So um, you, know, you may start, and the Lord will finish the class when he returns in glory. Um, but we normally do um, approach it that way. Sometimes, however, we'll take out uh, an issue of theology or a doctrine or something like that and work through it. And as Andrew said, it's a great opportunity, really, to get to know members of the congregation because you really got the whole swath. If you're, it's, it's a natural progression from the foundations class to the rectory Bible study. That would be the next place to go. Now, if you're, if you're in, 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 a, in a younger class, a younger generation, you might do something with Justin, but um, this is an opportunity for any adult member of the congregation.
0: It's a great, it's a great opportunity. So we are. Um... Very eager, waiting on the Lord to open the door for that to be able to return. So we would uh, appreciate, as I know you're praying, but would appreciate your prayers for that. Uh, do be on the lookout for a little questionnaire. I'll send that to you by email. Again, it's going to ask a little bit about kind of your background in terms of um, your, your faith background and that sort of thing. And um, I probably will put a question there about your birthday as well. Again, just make sure we get, we get, um, get those young adults on uh, on, uh, Justin's radar. So the last thing I want to talk about is, um, playing your part in the fellowship. And, um, well, so I, I got a question. It was a good question. Several of you sent in questions. I asked for questions last week, and um, this is a great question. The question was this, very practical question. Can you provide some information for making financial contributions to the church? I see some options on the website. i curious about the annual fund versus the preservation fund. Also, do most parishioners give monthly, annually, and or make pledges? So great question, thank you for the question. I want to answer the specifics of that, but really this is part of a, really a, a, a broader topic of like, what's your role? What is a person's role in the life of the community? What, what are the expectations of the community? What, what are our duties as, as members of the church? So I, I'm going to start with the specific and then we'll move out more broadly with, with the time that we've got. So part of living within the context of the church and the fellowship of the church is we all, all of us, contribute financially with our time, with our prayers to the life of the church. I mean, it's, it's what makes everything possible. Everything from... Uh, the coffee to the nursery workers to um, the priests and so all of it all of it we each have a, a part to play in making that happen and so all of us all of us contribute you know financially to to the life of the church in terms of um annual fund versus preservation fund annual fund is probably what really what you need to use it, it that's just the that's just the the the, the general fund of the church. In in our tradition, the priests don't, we don't have anything to do with the money. Um, it's the vestry, which is a, a, an elected group of lay leaders, and the, the vestry are responsible for how the, the funds of the church are used. So the vestry sets a budget, um, and then then based on that budget, we move forward in ministry each and every year. So that's what that annual fund is, just sort of the general um Ministry of the church, and that's the one that that you need to use. Um, As far as do most parishioners give monthly, annually, or make pledges? Well, the the time frame, people are all over the map. Some give a little bit monthly and then something annually. Some do weekly. I mean, it's it's just all over the map, all over the map. So I think the thing for you to do is to say your prayers and figure out what makes sense for your family. But I would encourage you to make it part of your discipline part of your regular discipline whether that's weekly or monthly or bi-weekly or, or whatever as far as pledges um, this is something each congregation really has its own culture Jeff and I both came out of congregations well of course I served with Jeff at St. Helena's in Beaufort and I also served at St. Matthew's in Darlington a little parish in Darlington and the culture of both of those parishes and the practice was um, each year in September we would provide parishioners with pledge cards, and part of their discipline in, in the life of the church would be to make a pledge. And so they would make a pledge for the coming year, and um, based on those pledges, we would make the budget. St. Philip's has a little bit different culture about that. So St. Philip's has not been as much a, a pledging church. Um, the budget's made some other way, but, um, but that is something that we see the importance of spiritually, that it's a spiritual discipline, that you sit down and make an account of through prayer, Lord what what are you calling me to do with the financial resources you have given me what are you calling me to do in the year to come so we are moving the congregation towards making a pledge, but I would say right now, uh, of course in COVID everything's crazy, but in normal times um, it's not the whole church that pledges uh, I think that covers those. But I want to broaden out here, and um, we don't have a ton of time left, but I want to broaden out and talk more about, um, again, playing your part in the fellowship. What, what is your role in the church? When I was pastoring up in that little congregation of Darlington, one of the members, not of a parish, but of the little town of Darlington came to me and said, um, Pastor Andrew, we would love for you to join the Kiwanis Club. I said, oh, the Kiwanis Club, what's that? And he said, well, we, I mean, I'd heard of Kiwanis, but I really didn't know a whole lot about what they did. He said, well, you just come, come to lunch on next Wednesday and you'll get to meet some of the other members of the Kiwanis Club and we'd love to have you join. So I go and there's lunch and there was a speaker and I got to meet some new people in Darlington, it was great. And afterwards, he said, do you want to join the Kiwanis Club? And, I'm still, and I said, I still don't know what the Kiwanis, I don't know what you are. Like, what's expected of me? And I don't know, maybe it's just my personality, but I, I want to know, before I join something, like, I want to know, like, what, what, are you, what do you want now of me? And whether it was the Kiwanis Club or I was asked to join several boards, like on a, a nonprofit, a ministry. Again, what I want to know is, okay, I'm, I'm willing to look at it But tell me what's expected of me if I'm going to join this board. Well, in the same way, I want to talk to you all about what is the expectation of this community? What's the expectation of the body? And and to communicate that to you all, I'm going to use something um, that is put out by the Anglican Church of North America, of which we are a part, that talks about the duties of uh, the laity. And um, this comes out of their canons, which is, is basically a, a formal description of how do we live our life together in, in the body. And this little section that I'm going to list out here in a moment concerning the duties of the laity it begins this way. It says, with the help of God's grace, it shall be the duty of every member of the church. And then it lays out some things that we're going to we're going to walk through. Now, I'm going to ask you all a question. I I'm, I'm, want you to raise your hands. I want you to think about it. With the help of God's grace, it shall be the duty of every member of the church. What is that saying? What does that phrase mean? Why that qualification, with the help of God's grace? Why do you think that's there? It's not something that with our power alone we can do. Yes. Yes. With the help of God's grace, it shall be the duty of every member of the church. Of all the things listed here, there is not one person, from the senior pastor, the rector, to anyone else in the church who does all of these things perfectly. But these are the expectations that we strive toward as Christians. This is our commitment, my commitment to you, your commitment to me, the commitment that we make to one another in fellowship. So let's talk about what those actual expectations are. What does it mean to be part of this fellowship? What are some of the concrete expectations? Number one, to worship God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit every Lord's Day, that's Sunday, um, in a church unless reasonably prevented. So as Christians, we worship weekly. Two, to engage regularly in the reading and study of Holy Scripture and the doctrine of the church as found in Article 1 of the Constitutions of this church. So this is what we talked about last week, establishing a pattern of meeting God every day in his word. Again, you you, you may not be there now, but this is what we're striving toward. Three, to pray regularly for the needs of those of others, for the church and its mission and for the concerns of the world. Again, we talked about last week, prayer. We are to have a life of prayer. We are to be concerned about the needs of the church, the needs of the world. For to observe their baptismal vows to lead an upright and sober life and not give scandal to the church. This is is very countercultural, but it's the idea that I live my life not just for Andrew, but I live it for you all. Joe, you live your life not just for Joe, but you're living it for us. As a body. This really cuts against our notion, especially as Americans, as Westerners. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm an individual. I, you know, you, I, I, you can't put your expectations on me. Well, to be a Christian is to say, well, I willingly step into these expectations. I make a commitment to you. You make a commitment to me. We make a commitment to each other. Okay. Five, to present their children and those they have led to the Lord for baptism and confirmation. So for those of you who are in a family and have children, but also for those of you who have friends um, who you are speaking to about the Lord. If those persons begin to come to faith, the expectation is that you, you bring them to the church for baptism and ultimately for confirmation. Six, to give regular financial support to the church with the biblical tithe as the minimum standard of giving. So again, this is the the idea that that the question that got us going here was a question about what's the deal with financially supporting the church? Well, the expectation is that all of us are part of that. All of us, from me uh, on down, everyone. Seven, to practice forgiveness daily according to our Lord's teaching. That means we've got to forgive each other when we bump up against each other to receive wordly the sacrament of Holy Communion as often as reasonable. So there is an expectation that Holy Communion is part of our pattern as a worshiping church. Nine, to observe the feasts and fasts of the church set forth in the Anglican formularies. We didn't have a lot of time to talk about the church's calendar, and so this is something that you're going to have to just sort of step into. Um, You all have experienced the season of Advent I hope that that, you begin to get a sense of, okay, there was that season of preparation for Christmas. Well, we're we're in a few weeks going to be stepping into the season of Lent, which is a season of preparation. So you are expected to kind of step into those seasons and and to prayerfully discern how you might use those seasons to allow God to do his work in you. 10, to affirm and follow the biblical standards of sexual morality and ethics in Canons 11.8. What those Canons talk about Our our understanding of what marriage is and also our understanding of the dignity of every human being and that we are to um, uphold the dignity of a person regardless of their capacity regardless of their mental capacity and so on we are to stand for them from conception to death that we have a calling as Christians to stand up for all persons so those two things are, are held together 11, to continue their instruction in the faith so as to remain an effective minister for the Lord of Jesus Christ. So there is a sense that you all have a mission, each and every one of you. Jesus is calling you into mission and you are called to grow in your understanding of how you can step into that mission and ministry in your homes, in your workplaces, in your communities and to grow in that uh, as you move forward in faith. To serve their neighbors sacrificially, demonstrating the love of Christ to the poor, the sick and those in need. So Brian talked about some of the ministries that we partner with. Um, Some of you might be called to partner with some of those ministries to maybe take your place at Tri-County Family Ministries um, or Low Country Pregnancy Center or so on. But the point is we we are to be concerned, as our Lord was concerned, with those who have tangible needs. And we are called to uh, respond to those needs as Christians. And finally, 13, to devote themselves to the ministry of Christ and the proclamation of the gospel among those who do not know him, utilizing the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives them. Brian was talking about those spiritual gifts, so we're to use those gifts for the effective extension of Christ's kingdom. That is, Jesus commissions all believers to go into the world and to make disciples. You might think, I don't don't know how to make a disciple. Well, you're called to learn Learn how to do that. Learn how to speak to people about your faith and about who Jesus is. Jeff, would you want to add anything to any of these or anything you'd want to say? I don't know.
2: I'll add something at the end
0: when you're done. I'll let you have your time. Okay, well, I'll, I'll do what I'll just say, the uh, last thing I'll say is um, if you do have one of these books and if you don't want to keep it, turn it in. If you want to keep it, that's okay, just let me know and I'll mark the number off. But um, if you don't, bring it back. But that's, that's all I got for today. So Jeff, why don't you go ahead?
2: Well, since I haven't had a chance to meet all of you. Of course, COVID has made it very difficult um, for us to get well. um, to know each other well. God willing, we'll get some relief from all of this as the, as the year progresses. I think if I were to sum it up as the senior pastor here at St. Phillips, what I want to say to you is that we don't think it's by chance or by accident that you've been brought here to St. Phillips. Uh, we think you're here by divine appointment. We believe that you've been brought here, God's brought you here for a purpose. And one of the things you need to understand about the Christian life, and I'm sure Andrew's already emphasized it, is the fact that you cannot grow in your knowledge and love of the Lord. And I'm sure that's what you really are looking for. You want to grow in your knowledge and love of the Lord because it's in relationship with Christ that you find meaning and purpose in life. But you need to understand that the scriptures are very clear. You cannot grow in your knowledge and love of the Lord by yourself. We were created as human beings for community, for fellowship, I mean, this is one of the things you go right back to the beginning of the Bible, to the book of Genesis, and you see that God creates. And with each successive act of creation, he pronounces a blessing on it. He looks on what He has made and he says, this is good. It is good. It is very good. But there's one point where God looks on what he has made and he says, this is not good. And that's when? When he looks and he sees that man is alone. He said, it is not good for man to be alone. And so he creates a helper for man wanted to compliment him you cannot grow in your relationship with the lord jesus christ by yourself you were created for community for fellowship this is one of the reasons why the apostle paul in 1 corinthians describes the church as a body and he says the hand cannot say to the foot i don't have any need of you Every part of the body matters. Now, if you lop off the foot, if you amputate the foot or the hand, that hand or that foot is going to perish. The body will continue to survive, perhaps, but that hand cannot survive apart from the body. But nor can the body function effectively or as efficiently as it might otherwise function without the hand or the foot. So you need the church, but the bottom line is the church needs you. God's brought you here for a purpose. He's got a plan for your life in the context of this fellowship. And because they say that a picture is worth a thousand words, I'll just leave you with this image. Uh, There's a story told about a uh, a Scottish pastor who went to visit a member of his congregation who was living in the highlands of Scotland. It was a blustery, cold, miserable day, as it can sometimes be in Scotland in in the heart of winter. And he went there to meet this um, member of the congregation because he hadn't been in church for a very long time. And so he went to visit this member of the congregation and they sat before this roaring turf fire and, and uh, the minister asked the, the man, why he hadn't been in church? And the man replied, well, you know, the church is filled with a bunch of hypocrites. And we probably all had that kind of an experience. And so then the pastor didn't say anything. The man said, you know, I could, I could worship God just as easily in my home or on the golf course as I can in church with all of those hypocrites. So the minister didn't say anything. Instead, he went over to the side and he picked up the tongs. And he went over and he took the tongs and he picked up one of those glowing embers in the bottom of the fire. And he brought it out and he set it on the hearth and then he took a seat again and the two men just sat there silent and watched as that glowing ember hot and alive suddenly turned cold and dark and then without speaking a word the minister went over there took the tongs picked up that dead ember put it down in there with the rest of the glowing embers and before long it was hot and alive again and he made his point point. and that's the way it is for you and for me If you want to be hot, if you want to be alive in Christ, if you want to be a Christian who is is enjoying the fullness of life, you cannot do that apart from fellowship and from community. So as a senior pastor, what I want to say to you is we believe that you're here for a purpose and we want to help you be a part of this community. You need us, but the flip is also true. We need you. And we believe that God has a plan and a purpose for you here at St. Phillips and God willing, we get through COVID you'll be able to explore what that really is. But on behalf of the vestry and the congregation, I just want to say welcome. We are delighted to have you with us. I look forward to getting to know each and every one of you. So welcome to St. Phillips. God bless you.
0: we pray us out. I, think I would be, yeah, why don't you go
2: ahead? I'd be delighted to do that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and praise for the body of Christ with all of its diverse members and all of its diverse gifts, all of which work together in concert for the upbuilding of your people and for the spread of your kingdom and for the glory of your name. I thank you for the individuals who are here in this foundation's class. You've called them here for a purpose, and we are so grateful for their presence. We pray that you would continue to bless them with your Holy Spirit, draw them into fellowship with each other, but also draw them into fellowship with you, that they may be used by you for your glory and for your great honor. And now dismiss us as we go off to church to worship you. Grant us hearts that are receptive, minds that are able to comprehend, that we may worship you in spirit and in truth. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.